0: Yo, what's poppin'? It's your man Dean Edwards. Welcome to the Father Bucket Protocol. I'm here. Vessi is not, but but got my man Big Mike in the building. Here. He's here. You know what I mean? We flying solo again as we begin a new year, 2014, or as I like to call it, 2014. It's for me. It's my year, Mike. You know what I mean? I decided I'm taking ownership this year, this by year. Make things pop. Oh, dude! I've been let me tell you something. I've been hashtagging uh, twenty four the 20 the word twenty and then hashtag twenty f o u r t y d e a n. That's how I've been doing because I got. Uh, they say you have to breathe it into existence, so I'm making sure uh, I breathe. Um, my domination of this year. Actually, I could use that for the rest of uh pretty much the next five years, 2014, 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19. And then by the time, if I if I own the next five, six years, by the time 2020 hits, I I'll see clearly, baby, I yell all we'll will know who I am, and we'll be on probably episode 550. And We'll be competing, not even competing, our 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 podcast will be on par with the likes of, say, uh WTF my um, Marin and uh my man Burr's, uh, you know, Monday morning. Monday morning, uh, Monday morning podcast. <laughs> um, you know, I'm I'm glad to say we're here in the new year, man. God, God willing, we we made it through anybody that's listening you know i'm glad you made it too and let's you know let's let's get right to it and just say you know let go of of the the foolish <laughs> the foolish resolutions <laughs> you're not sticking to especially by the time by the time you hear this i guarantee that you're going to reflect on that new year's resolution that you came up with um you know, two days before the end of the year on December 28th or 29th, and you said, this is the year... Because everyone does that. We all do that. This is the... You no, know, you know, this is the year that I'm going to get right with with Lord, and, and I'm going to be giving. And then somebody cuts you off in traffic and you're cursing them out. It didn't last. It didn't. That was January 2nd, because January 1st, you were hungover and you stayed at home. You didn't do anything. But then you went out, especially in New York City. You go out of New York City all that kumbaya is gone maybe 48 hours later. It's the same, like, after 9-11, I remember, I remember after September 11th, um, September 11th, and I'll say President Obama winning his first election. Everyone came out of their houses. I remember everyone, with the exception, unfortunately, of anyone that looked Arab. Like, everyone sort of... Pre- unfortunately, yeah, you know, um, and got love from, from my Arab people um, or all or, or brown people because, you know, we're so ignorant in this country that people that were Indian or, say, Pakistani, um, they they actually got a lot of heat. If you, if you were a Sikh, people assumed that you were a Muslim and, and people, you know, unfortunately misdirected a lot of their angst Towards anyone that was brown. I remember a lot of comics saying, Oh, you know what? Now, now uh now Arabs are the new niche. You know what I mean? Because um, after 9-11, people were so angry and they wanted to be mad at someone and they misdirected their hate and angst towards the wrong people. But the flip side of that is everyone, everyone else was bonded. Everyone was like, no, we. We have, to, we have to do better. We have to be better. We have to be one nation under a groove, George Clinton. And then by, I'll say early October, after the soot cleared, you were back to hating each other. The uh, same thing with after President Obama. President Obama won that first election. I remember going outside. I have neighbors. They ain't never looked me in the eye before. So like, I can't. Now, everybody was like, hey, you know, you're you're one of the good ones you're not you're not threatening Which you think they say oh well he's he's not threatening that like have when you have a family when you when you look like me i'm I'm six foot four um i'm I'm not just black i'm I'm dark skinned you know what I mean uh then add to that i'm dark I'm six foot four i'm uh black I'm dark skinned black and then I have a big head of what can be nappy hair more often than not. And I learned years ago: the bigger your hair is, the more threatening, <laughs> the more threatening you you are to uh to westerners to white people. Not all white people, but uh, in my experience, more often than not, I know people um when, say for instance if I go if I go to L.A. like sometimes friends of mine will ask um like yo why'd you cut your hair? Because I cut my hair. My hair grows extremely fast. And and I'm happy that I do have the the uh, genetic uh, power to have hair that grows quickly. So I cut I cut my like the length of my hair. Like when I go to the barber, normally I go to the barber and I get a line up, get an edge up. But then once every every two and a half to three months, so probably three four times a year, I'll go and have my hair cut in half because the because it grows so fast. And I always know it grows and it's growing to capacities that become a little more um composite drawing-esque when agents start to say you know, it's is subtle, it's passive aggressive. Dean, wow, you um are you okay? I'm like, what do you mean? You just seem you seem like in a mood. I'm like, nah, dog, I'm I'm good, but as soon as I cut my hair, oh, okay. Now now he's a little safer. And I'm fine with it now because that's just the uh, the industry. The industry is still full of a lot of, I guess, institutionalized prejudice. And because it's just, Tracy Morgan used to say that, it's a microcosm of society. That's all it is. It's a microcosm. The same way SNL is a microcosm of Hollywood, Hollywood's a microcosm of society. Get used to it. You can't fight it. You know, embrace it. Embrace your differences and learn how to exploit them. Tracy, Tracy, Tracy is like, <laughs> Tracy is like the the wise, Tracy's like the Yoda of the black experience in Hollywood. Uh, 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 the black experience of Hollywood, I am. That's who I am. <clears throat> no, I forgot. Also, don't forget that uh, I'm doing a new thing when things get awkward, uncomfortable. I have no problem getting closer to the microphone. I notice, uh, I notice, Mike, you didn't put your headphones on this time, and it's all, it's all good because it's something awkward. I know, I know you're listening. I know you're sitting there at work and you, you're hearing my voice all in your, all in your ears. And if you're a man, this is getting very awkward right now. I know, I know. Don't worry, I got you. I'm being immature, so it's a new year, man. I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, bigger and brighter things, um, you know, and more prosperity. I'm hoping, um, you know, for even more success this year than I had in the last year. That's, that's, I think that's what you should do at the beginning of every year. Should take, or at the end of the previous year, you should take stock in what you accomplished, what you, what you plan on accomplishing year prior and then expanding on that for the following year that's so that's what i'm doing so when i say i I think i even said last year 2013 um that i was looking forward to you know making some more things happen i did you know what uh i did this new tv show on hulu um that was uh first first acting role i had booked in a second so i was happy to do that um they actually premiered. By the time y'all hear this, they will have premiered uh, tonight. Um, the mind of a man with my good buddy of mine, D. Ray Davis, is hosting this new uh, talk show, and that's like the new—that's the new angle for a lot. Not new talk show, new game show on GSN. And it's funny when I went to do this show, I was a little reluctant because I'm like, man, I don't feel like I don't be Nipsey Russell because back in the days. Comics used to, you always used to see celebrity comics on, on, um, on match game PM and the $20,000 pyramid in Hollywood squares, definitely Hollywood squares. If you got on Hollywood squares, your main goal was, damn man, if I could just, if I can't be the center square, let me be the upper right hand corner square. You know, because back in the days, like there was a who uh, uh there was a, what was his name? Paul Lynn. Paul Lynn. <laughs> Paul Lynn, He used Paul Lynn, I remember him from um, I think from Bewitched, if I'm not mistaken. Paul Lynn was a was a comic back in the days. Uh I think he was gay. And I'm only basing that on his, the ascots that he used to wear. And also his boy. <laughs> <laughs> Because you remember Paul Lynn, because he was very flaming. And if he if he wasn't gay, he I think he, that was his character that he was he was like I'm going to play the over the top gay okay, guy, <laughs> icky icky poo. You know what? If, if you don't know Paul Lynn, if you don't know his acting resume, anyone that saw the original Charlotte's Web, he was he was Templeton. He was Templeton the Rat. Don't ask me why I know that. I just, maybe back then I said, you know what? One day I want to get into why am I subtly in Denzel Washington's voice. I don't know. But I, I, I used to, I always was a credit dude. I always used to like watching. And I still do. I'll sit, I'll sit and watch the credits because I'm always, I was always curious who did that voice. And so I remember, I don't remember anybody else. That acted in the animated uh, *Charlotte's Web*, the original *Charlotte's Web*. But I remember Paul Paul in played Templeton the Rat, and he said "icky poo." <laughs> and I remember the uh, <laughs> I remember that the the they they were trying to figure out things to 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 impress. If you think of the story of Charlotte's Web, it was kind of spooky. No one no one thinks about that. But I remember back then saying, so everyone's fine with a spider that understands how to speak English and write (laughs) letters. This does not, uh, no one's going to just squash this demonic spider that, that happens to be friends with the pig. Don't be impressed with the pig. Be impressed with the spider. Be happy that Charlotte wasn't jealous. Because she wrote, she wrote some pig. But I remember Templeton went through the garbage looking for things to say. And one of the words was, (laughs) was crunchy. And I remember he read, and he could read English. See, I was, I was a kid that would ruin cartoons for everybody. Because I, everyone else is watching. I'm like, wait, so they, they, they read English. Why, why can't they read Japanese? But they read English. Who, who, who taught them? How to read English? All right. I mean, Templeton the rat. I get it. you know he's around a smart pig, and no one saw no one saw the the problem in that. I mean, everyone likes bacon. I don't even eat bacon anymore, but I still if I smell bacon, like dang, you know what? I'm, maybe I'll go back to eating pork because bacon is good. Man, bacon's bacon tastes good on everything. Oh, my buddy Todd used to say that. He said, shoot, sometimes I like, I like cookies and I like bacon. Sometimes I like wrapping my bacon around my cookies and eating them together. No, that's too much for you, Mike. That's that that might be too much. But yeah, Templeton, Templeton the rat. Do they have bacon ice cream? Are you serious? Is it is it faux or they really use actual, they use real bacon. What kind of society have we become where we said, you know what, how? How can we get bacon into more of our uh, diet? How about bacon-flavored ice cream from Ample Hills? You ever been to Ample Hills, dog? Ample Hills is on, uh, I think it's on Washington Avenue in uh, in Crown Heights. It's on Washington of Vanderbilt. Ample Hills is good. I'm a I'm an you know how they add Easter. I'm an ice cream Easter. I I like some good some good ice cream, like I'm, I'm that, what's, what's, what's the place that you can mix the ice creams, um, all together, is, as, as, on a side note, there's something funny about watching your cat perch up when they're about to go to the bathroom, uh, I, I you know what, cats always look regal, and, and, and indigo, and what's funny is, whereas dogs get into, if you ever have walked a dog I remember anytime I used to walk my dogs. That was one of my first jobs. I used to walk this dog named Buffy and, and um and I got fired from that job actually because the 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 owner of the dog um saw that I I'd uh zoned out and let Buffy off the leash and another dog got into a fight with him and bit him. I was <laughs> Yeah. Oh, did that happen to Vessi? Oh, we got to, I got to ask him about that. Dude, it was it was funny. Uh, because I, I remember I, I, this, my brother walked the dog, this is when I lived in Mount Vernon, shout out to Mount Vernon, back in the days I was raised in Mount Vernon, and my brother, this was his job, and so he passed, when he had gotten older and gone to middle school, he passed the reins, or I'll say the leash, on to me to walk Buffy the dog, and I remember the lady was reluctant, because she liked Lee, and she didn't not like me, but she just she really liked my brother. My brother is three years older than I am. And so I um I took over walking Buffy. And I had that job. I I was I was good for a month. I remember it was $10 a week. I'd wake up every morning before school, I'd go and walk Buffy the dog. And one morning, uh, I think it was over cash. No, one fall morning. I took him out and I used to he, back then I mean even now you could take dogs off the leash cuz he's a little little yeah he was a small dog he wasn't he was a uh, If anyone remembers the movie Benji he he was one of those uh little small terriers and so I'm walking him I take him off the leash and then I don't know what I was doing maybe I had a comic book um that I brought with me but I zoned out cuz I remember I remember in my mind saying I hear dogs barking why are why are dogs barking this hour, it's so early. Why don't people take care? Oh, and then you're... Like, and I hear them, like, fighting. I'm like, who has their dogs fighting at this? And it didn't occur to me, you know you're walking a dog, right? And I was like, oh, yeah, I am walking a dog. And then I looked down, and Buffy was was fighting with this this person and their dog. Well, this person's dog. that, And they were on the leash, but he was a little scrapper. And I think Buffy had gotten bit. And if he didn't have white hair, he had he had light colored light colored fur, enough that you could see the bite on him, and and here's was here's the here's the tragedy of it. Well, not only could you not cover it up, but um, the the woman whose dog I was walking, her, I'm pretty sure she watched me walk her dog because her her we were in a building, you know, um, we were in the Lennox um, right on right on uh, North 3rd Avenue in, in Mount Vernon. And her apartment overlooked the um, 3rd Avenue. Uh, so she could sit either in her living room, in her kitchen, or come out to the terrace and watch someone walk in the dog. Because I used to just look, we were on the 7th floor. I think she was on the 4th floor. And so I'm, I'm pretty sure she saw what happened because, <laughs> well, and she probably heard it and she knows her dog, Buffy, and so I get back, <laughs> get back upstairs, and you know what do all kids do when all else fails? They lie. And so she asked me what happened. I was like, I'm, I'm not sure. I think, I think, I think something happened. I think, I think this lady let her dog off the leash, and her dog came and bit Buffy, and then ran off, and she didn't fire me on the spot. But I know we got a call later on that day because uh, my mother just told me, "Yeah, um, Mrs. You know, Mrs. Johnson, you know, just called and she she doesn't need you to walk Buffy anymore. She's gonna take over." And I don't think I've ever admit um, that that I so I apologize for Miss uh, I don't even remember her name. I remember Buffy though. Buffy, if you're listening in doggy heaven. <laughs> that what I was saying was when when you walk dogs and dogs go to the bathroom, they don't they don't make eye contact. Dogs are very dogs are very humanoid in that way. They dogs understand shame. If, you, if you've ever seen a dog, like don't when a dog does something wrong, and like say a dog um, you know, gets into the the food. You leave food on the counter and the dog gets into the food, and then you find then you discover he knows he or she knows because they have a look like, "Hey man, I'm, I'm I'm not saying I did it." Dogs will hide. Dogs will go and hide. A cat is gonna play it off like, "Damn, I don't know what you're talking about, man. I ain't, I, ain't, I don't know who ate that salmon that you left out on the." But you do realize I'm a cat. I like fish. But a dog is gonna look at you like, or if they look at you at all, they're gonna they're gonna look. And see and show disappointment in their face. So the same thing when you walk a dog. When dogs go to the bathroom, when they defecate, they they actually, if you if you just stare at a dog while they while they go to the bathroom. And I do that sometimes. I'm weird that way. If I see somebody walking their dog, I will make eye contact with the dog just to shame them. I think it's payback for Buffy. Buffy, you shouldn't have gotten into a fight when I was eight years old. Because that was, I lost, I got my first firing. I didn't need that. That was a lot of pressure. I was already in, into a lot of pressure following my brother's footsteps, walking the dog. You know, when 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 dogs go, they, they avoid eye contact. And then if you make eye contact, they sort of like, hey, man, you know, they'll turn away like, hey, man, can, can brother live? Do I really need to have you all in my grill while I'm trying to, uh, trying to go? You know, and he's gonna clean it up after that. How's that for reverse? Reversal, which is that that's what to me kind of sticks about being a um a, a dog owner, is that it's your dog, but you gotta clean up <laughs> you gotta clean up after it. That's 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 the ul- ultimate reversal in in um the hierarchy of power. And that has to be sort of um, I would say invigorating to a dog. Say, so you know what? You, yeah, you, you wanted to smack me in the nose with a newspaper? Guess what? Ugh. Now you clean it up. But a cat, a cat has no shame. A cat will make eye contact. As they go to the bathroom in their little box, a cat will stare you down. Like, and be happy I'm going here. That's what I do. Anyway, there was a reason I, oh, so in Templeton, damn, I go off on tangents. Really doing? I, I, you know, it's funny. The entire time I taught, was telling that story, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to land in this plane, but I'm blame. You know what? I'm gonna blame blame my 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 forgetting it on. I'm gonna blame it on uh, the fact that I I brought up that memory of Buffy. Buffy, you killed the vibe again. You got me fired one time, and you killed the vibe again. So anyway, back to it being a new year, man. New year, new focus, and reflect on um. You know what is what I will say. Um, anyone that's in in the industry understands that it's now it's it's award season. You know they've they've created this thing called award season. There was a time there was the only award shows when I was growing up. You had you had the Grammys in the great. You had the American Music Awards. This was this was the lineup of the award shows when I was growing up. You had the you had the American Music Awards, and then the Grammys. They had February, and then you had the Oscars in March. Now you have, dude. You have some everything. You have the uh, the People's Choice Awards. Um, you have the Golden Globe Awards. The Golden Globes used to be in the fall, along with the Emmys. If I'm not mistaken, no, 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 no. I I stand corrected. The Golden Globes were right before. The uh the Oscars, but those were the four award shows that you had: you had Golden Globes, Oscars, American Music Awards, and the uh, Grammys. Now you got the People's Choice Awards. You have the Independent Spirit Awards. You have the IFC uh, Awards. You have the SAG Awards. Um, you you have uh, the Directors Guild Awards. You have the Producers Guild Awards. You have all types of award shows now, and so it begs the question: If there's so many award shows, doesn't that kind of diminish the effect of winning any of these awards? It's not—it's not special anymore. It goes back to like, Comedy Central, and I don't. If anyone from Comedy Central, any execs that uh, hear this, um, don't get mad at me because I'm speaking the truth. Because I got—I got love for y'all, but. My biggest issue with Comedy Central presents when when they started doing the specials was that they would they would shoot like thirty of them. They'd shoot thirty per season, and to me, the whole idea of something being special is that it is unique. So, if thirty people are shooting them, it's not unique. Like I and then HBO when they were doing like the the half hours. Remember they they do, may, maybe ten, and that might be striding. They might not have even done ten per season. But when they did, like when Martin Lawrence did this, I remember Martin Lawrence, Mark Curry, Damon Wayans. Um, I apologize that it seems like I only know the black ones, but uh, I'm just naming three guys that I know popped after after, and I remember. This was right before I started in in the late eighties. I remember Martin Lawrence had a brilliant brilliant one. Uh, Damon Wayans had his first one. And I remember Mark Curry had a really good one, and they all wound up with with um you know TV shows or opportunities a year or two later. It was special. Then in the early nineties, I remember I think Margaret Cho did one. Carlos Mencia. I remember because I'll never forget Montaria Ivy. God bless the dead. Montaria Ivy. He um, he used to host Uptown Comedy Club uh, on TV, and he even then uh, moved on and wound up um, as the voiceover announcer. And I, I think he probably did warm ups for all of the um, all of the specials back then. And you and you hear you actually you hear him at the beginning. Chris Rock did one that year. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, you've seen him. And Monty had a funny voice because he had because he had he had a little bit of a lisp. Well, not a little bit; it was a lot of a lisp. But but it, so I always thought, wow, it's interesting that here's a guy that had a, what people would consider a speech impediment, but it didn't let him stop him. And so they did Margaret Cho, Mencia, Rock. Rock's first special, a lot of people don't notice, Rock's first half hour on HBO uh, preceded Bring the Pain. Bring the Pain was was in 96, but in 94, any, any, and I think they actually, it's available if you buy one of his other specials. If, if you buy uh, Bring the Pain, if you buy the DVD of Bring the Pain, I think his first special's on there, and if not Bring the Pain, then it's his second special uh bigger and blacker. It's one of those he, he did this special called Big Ass jokes. It was just big ass jokes. And to me honestly, that actually to, that was the first special I saw that somebody used the callback so effectively. Rock, Rock, he had this really funny bit early in this special where he uh where he just kept running in the line, messing around with them white boys, messing around with them white girls. And and the, the idea behind the joke was anything that goes wrong in a black black dude's life happens once he starts dating white women. Because oh, that's what it was. He once he starts the special, he's like, Got a new show, got a new movie coming out. So you know his next white girl. Gotta get a white girl. Because that's what black men do when they get successful, they get a white girl. And he said, you know, sad thing, once once you uh once you uh succeed um Anything that goes wrong in your life, they're gonna blame uh, Ms. that white girl. and so he kept he called that he kept running that in the first like five minutes of his set, and then you f- sort of forgot about it. and then the last joke of 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 his show, he's talking about Michael Jackson and he's he's saying, um uh, this is this is after Michael Jackson's first drama with with the um you know, the kid and and, and arrested and and taken into custody and having to take pictures of his genitalia. Um, and then remember that video Mike had to do? He's like, I've never, I've never been so humiliated in my life. They took pictures of my out. They took pictures of my Brat Well, I'm like, Mike, you drew a lot of attention to it by grabbing it. So, but, um, so at the end of the set, <laughs> Rock is like, he's like, did he do it? Didn't he do it? A lot of people say he didn't do it. Let him babysit your kids. And and then the last line is a Michael Jackson, black man. I don't like seeing that because it's a black man. Got a lot of success. He about to lose everything he ever worked for. You know why? Mess around them white boys. And it was like the part. I was like, yo. And it got a stand ovation. And I remember watching that in my career. I was like, yo, that was all. Awesome. I didn't know it was called a callback back then. So I always thought that was uh, that was rather brilliant. Of of rock to um to do and and that that actually that's uh something that I, I like using callbacks as a uh, as a stand up now you know so, so, oh now everybody I mean now uh, callbacks are like it's, it's not it's not hacky to use a callback because there's there's a there's a it's there's a thin line between doing it correctly versus just doing it for sake of saying see what I just did I. I called back on the thought that I had earlier in the show. You see what just happened? <laughs> so, but um, yeah, so and that was that was uh then and then after I think the next time they did the specials, they had um I think Attel did one that year too. And then the next time they did the specials, Chappelle did his first special. Um it's funny how comedians we refer to other comics like like, uh, in the military, you don't, you know, you don't use people's first name, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like, so when, so Rock, when Rock did his special in Mencia, and see what I did, see, I just gave Carlos Mencia, uh, props and said he's a comedian too, because so many people don't like including him as a comedian, he's a comedian, a lot of people might say he stole jokes, and, and there's evidence that proves that he has, um, jacked a joke or two, but he still is in the community, um, so who who taped the year? The year I remember, I think that was probably in like ninety ninety six ish. That was Chappelle did one. I think Kathleen Madigan, uh, Patton Oswald, Warren Hutchinson, very funny um, and prolific writer. He was a showrunner for uh, Bernie Mac show, um, the Bernie Mac show for and Warren Hutchinson. Shout out to Warren Hutchison because he actually. Uh, booked me some work when Bernie Mac passed away. um Bernie and I got pretty cool when he came up to SNL, and so I um I remember going and hanging out on set for the, actually the series finale of Bernie Mac's show. And Bernie and I we we did the shtick where Bernie had done Sydney Poitier because we had done a sketch that had gotten cut. And I did Denzel and uh Warren was there and we were kicking it. And we were also talking. Anytime you meet someone that did that was part of SNL, the SNL uh canon, um, you you swap war stories. So I was talking to I was talking to Hutchison about being in the trenches. And fast forward a couple of years later, and uh and Bernie unfortunately passed away, and I get a call. Uh, from my manager at the time uh, Burgos calls me and he's, he's like Yeah um, They're interested in having you ADR Loop for Bernie Mac For the movie Soulman Because he, obviously he passed away And they're in post production And they, they have a lot of looping To do on Bernie's uh... So I was actually surprised when I got that call Because yeah I could do Bernie Mac But it, he wasn't somebody that I did on stage So I was like So it took, it took about a year I went in that following week. I worked two days. Got paid a grip just to just to you know loop these two days. I was actually honored to to fill in for for one of our fallen comrades, uh, Bernie Mac. Um, and I found out years later, maybe a year later, um, how how it happened. Uh, they had co- they had actually called up Hutchison. They called Hutchison up to to see if he would do, if he'd come in and look for it. He was like, oh, man, I I don't, you know, I'm not really a voiceover artist, but uh, I'd be happy. He's like, you know you should get. uh." And Warren Warren Hutcherson has the calmest demeanor. He's a really funny dude, man. If you ever get a chance to look him up on uh, YouTube, look up Warren Hutcherson. He's a real funny, funny dude. And he was like, you know, um, check out uh, Dean Edwards. Dean does really great impressions, and, and and he does a really good Bernie Mac. So I always appreciate it. Because you so often hear that uh, artists and entertainers don't, you know, look out and pa- pass along information, but he shared that information, he shared a gig, he shared an actual job with me. So Hutchison, Patton, Chappelle, uh, or I said Patton's first name. I shouldn't have done that because we're we're in the military. We're in the we're in the trenches of comedy, the foxholes of comedy. So you had you had uh, you had Madigan, you had Chappelle, you had Hutchison, uh, you had Oswald, and uh, Garland. Jeff Garland shot one that year as well. And I feel like one more person. Oh, and uh, and 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 Harlan uh, Harlan Williams, I think. But that. Only six people did specials that year, but that's what made it special man is that that's why it's called a special because you only had six people doing it as opposed to thirty because when you do thirty it, it's almost like well here let's throw throw thirty out there and against the wall and see what sticks you don't you don't you're not giving people a chance to take take a good special in to me. Uh, a good comedy special needs at least a month to run before people really start talking about it, you know? Because it going are the days, and you know, I remember every it's no, it's no secret that um the the reason I became a stand-up or became, even in this industry is because I saw Eddie Murphy delirious and I had I had an epiphany. I like using that word. I had an I I had an epiphany. I'm in your ear, and I want you to hear that word. I had an epiphany. You like one? Epiphany is a funny word because it just, it kind of feels wonderful coming out of your mouth. I love saying epiphany. You like when I say epiphany? Yeah, yeah, you like that, don't you? Epiphany. E-P-I. Funny. (laughs) So, I had an epiphany when I I was 12 years old, man. I, um... Was it 13? It was summer 83, so I was 13. So I saw Eddie Murphy delirious, ran in my parents' room. That's what I'm gonna do. I still had, uh, you know, blue lint from the rug in our den. Do people still have dens anymore? A den is a very 70s, early 80s thing. (laughs) For anyone out there that doesn't know what a den is, a den was the family room, (laughs) but back in the days for some, it just sounds grimy yeah you were in the den, you know kind of dirt happened in the den, yeah, I bet you do know you had an epiphany in the den, Dean, you know you liked it too, so I had an epiphany in the den man i had I was laying on the uh laying on the floor, dying, and I remember I had blue lint in my hand, I ran in my parents' room like excited out of breath that's, I don't know', I don't know if you're gonna I, that's what I wanna do, you know, And so delirious premiered. September tenth or thirteenth, I'm not sure, never sure, but I think the tenth or thirteenth. It was a Saturday in uh, in 1983, and um, and I remember going to school. And by the time Monday came, I was I I knew all the bits. I knew every bit from I was like ice cream. And I had some ice, and I'm gonna eat it uh, I'm gonna eat it uh you gonna see the one kid ain't get no ice cream. Kids, kids, clown. You don't give a shit. You ain't had no ice cream. You didn't get no. You didn't cause you are on the welfare and you can't afford it. And then he turned around and shook his butt in the tight leather. Um, you can't afford it. You can't afford it. You can't. And his father is the alcoholic. You want to eat some uh, uh, ice cream? You cannot have. Some. Wait, wanna lick? Psych, you want some ice cream? And there was, and then they pulled to a wide shot, and he said, like, You want to eat some of my ice cream? You cannot. And they then he dropped the, the microphone, which I thought was just brilliant because I was like, Oh, he's, his the microphone was the ice cream. And then they pulled to a wide shot and they showed the other kid, You drop your ice cream. And then he picked it up. I kissed it up to God. And you memorize that, man. So by Monday, by the time you got to school, that was just uh that was what's that was a Dean Edwards reenactment of an Eddie Murphy moment, uh brought you by nothing, and so uh yeah by Monday I was I was popular just cause I was the only one that watched it. I recorded it I remember it was a black videotape this is how old school it was it was a black videotape it was it was a brand. Of videotapes that I'd never even heard of Because that's, back it there was a time when you would just go buy A pack of 10 <laughs> You buy a pack of 10 and you always had to set it on Not SP, SP you'd only get two hours of recording So you had to set it on, on SLP And you set it on SLP And you get to record six hours of anything and I remember on this tape, I remember by the time it was done the, This tape had uh, Eddie Murphy, Delirious, and then Michael Jackson, the premiere of Michael Jackson Thriller. I remember I set that tape to record the premiere of Michael Jackson Thriller. I I'm not gonna forget that I was talking about um specials, but I gotta say I remember when Thriller premiered, man. And you had to set, you had to, you had to master like VCRs back in the day were hard to pro- to program. It's so amazing watching how easy it is and how simple they've made DVRing programs nowadays, they must, uh, but it took them 20, 30 years to master how to rectify it because God forbid you ask someone to set it and they blew it. Like, yeah, hey, can we make sure my dad, you always ask your father because your father, my father, I, when we first got the VCR, he didn't want anybody else touching it because VCRs back in the days when VCRs first came out, it was a big, I mean, this thing was, was, was not only expensive; they had to be like $600. You know, they were like 600 at least. They were probably the size of a, of a small dining room table and they had two dials on 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 the front. And I don't care what brand you had. They all had the same exact build. You press eject and this big uh, thing would lift up off of the top. You slide the VCR tape in. Uh, push it down. You'd hear it load up. You'd hear it. St- it was like a cock You'd hear it start up. You'd hear the uh, mechanisms grab the tape. You'd hear the tape rolling, uh, and then you get to. You'd hopefully get to watch whatever you set to time record. My dad uh, eventually uh, relinquished the power of the VCR to myself and my brother Lee because he knew we were touching it anyway. You know, when he first got it, it's like, "Don't you don't Dino Lee, don't touch my my VHS It's very important. You don't touch it." So we always knew that if you watched any of his um any videos because I remember the first when he got it, the first videotape I ever got was uh was 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 Star Wars. I remember every I, I think he had uh, Raiders. The first videotapes we got were uh, Road M- Mel Gibson's Road Warrior. Uh, we had Rocky Three. We were actually popular on my block because we had, we had only lived there a year. We were one of the first families that had a VCR. And we had all the movies that were hot that had just come out on v- VHS. So we had Rocky III. And those cases were gigantic, man. Those cases were almost the size of record albums. And, and so... 10 v- VHS tapes would take up um you know half the wall uh, of your, your library. You know, we had to, like take books you you, you would take like the the entire bound leather bound edition of the Lord of the Rings trilogy and you'd only have room to put two VCR VHS tapes. So um I remember we had we had this and we going going to school, I know I memorized all of Eddie Murphy's bits. Because I memorized them that weekend, but then everybody knew them by a week or two later. Everybody knew and memorized the bits. Whereas now, people don't have time. People are so people have such short attention spans. They don't. They don't. You gotta. You gotta. You gotta pop quick. Unless you have a lot of heat behind you, if you're doing, if you're recording thirty specials, they're gonna burn. They're gonna. They're gonna air two of them back to back. The, the specials are a half hour. Then if you add, and that was back like um, Delirious premiered on uh, HBO home, when it was still home box office HBO, and and when uh, when they premiered it, so you got to watch just an hour. That's what a special was. You just watched an hour of a comedian from ten to eleven o'clock p.m. Um, now the specials that that uh, you see like on on say a Comedy Central. I don't want anybody thinking I'm I'm. Pissing on or hating on Comedy Central. I'm, I'm just, I'm explaining how it works. Now you'll see a special. And uh, in a half hour show, a half hour television program is only 22 minutes when you include commercials. So you're watching a special on, on ComSense. Uh, that's that's how I do. It. I call it ComSense. You know what I mean? So you're watching a special on ComSense and you're, you're watching 22 minutes broken up into three different sort of uh, pieces. So they'll run the first seven minutes, then they'll cut it, like as you get a laugh, then you come back from the commercial break, go into your next seven minutes, cut it, then go into your third uh, section, and then next thing you know, 30 minutes have passed, and then they'll show the next person. So now, not only are you competing against just people's attention spans, but you're competing against someone else's special who comes on after yours, and the hope is that either theirs is not as strong or as um as poignant. Um, it doesn't leave as much of an impression on the people's brains, and then you hope that um that they repeat them, but they have thirty to crank out, and they're not going to crank out thirty over thirty weeks. So they might have showed two on Friday, and they'll show two Saturday. I remember uh, Rachel Feinstein who's who's a comic friend of mine Rachel uh Rachel lucked out because a couple of years ago hers premiered during there was a terrible blizzard uh, up and down the east coast and so Rachel's aired during this blizzard and got like some ridiculous ratings <laughs> I, I, her thing was through the roof and no people like wow people really like Rachel Feinstein, And that's not to say she's not funny and she didn't do her thing or whatever, but she lucked out, you know, and from from what I understand, she got a lot of heat and a lot of people started, uh, you know, checking for her and, and mess with her because of that. But that's, that's one, and then there were 29 other people, and I'm sure there were 29 other, there were some people amidst that 29 other that might have had just a stronger set, some might have had stronger sets, some might have had weaker sets. But Rachel was just that one that lucked out, had the luck of the draw, and her joint aired. There might have been one other person that uh, that premiered at the same time, or aired right after hers, or back-to-back with hers. But Rachel's a woman. Comedy Central caters to a lot of young college guys. And so, if you're a college dude, who you want to look at? Uh, me or Rachel Feinstein, or any any female comic, you know, for that matter. And once again, this is not to take away from Rachel. so I don't want nobody like telling Rachel, "Oh, that was hating. First of all, let me explain something. I don't hate on it. I don't. I don't have enough time or energy to hate on anybody. If I don't like something, I don't like it. Like I don't like the term "hate." I think we even went over that in one of the podcasts where I, where I explained. Um, I I don't hate. I just will will um, offer an opinion. And just because my opinion is contrary to the things that you might feel or believe, that doesn't mean I hate you. I just agree to disagree with whatever foolishness you're taking. <laughs> because you're dumb. That's what you can say. It's my podcast so I can say what I want on it, baby. But um, yeah, so that's, that's my whole, uh, I guess, issue with... Um, the term special. I remember uh, about a decade ago, my manager he had come to me and he was like, um, "Yeah, are you uh interested? Because in, Comedy Central might be interested in you doing a special." And I and I don't think this was arrogant. I mean, I was on Saturday Night Live at the time, so people might say I was being arrogant. I was. I, I said. Nah, I said, "Nah, you know what? I'd rather do." Um I want to shoot for an HBO one cuz cuz that's where my dream began. So I wanted an HBO one. Um and so I I just I never never did one. And then a couple of years later I actually said, "Okay, well you know what? I started touring um co-headlining with brilliant comic Pablo Francisco and Pablo had a lot of like you'd go wherever we went, whether it was a college or a club, everyone knew all his bits. And then he was saying, "Nah, man, my my, uh, my Comedy Central, people just, people really like my Comedy Central special. So then I said, okay, that that let me see the other side of it. I said, well, you know what? You could be the one that has, uh, you know, an, an interesting or different point of view than everyone else that does the specials. And therefore, maybe you'll pop. So then I started vying for or attempting to get a Comedy Central special. And they were like, nope. Nah, son, you ain't want one then. We don't want you now. Fall back. And so I did. And so, as people say, hey, it is what it is. What are you going to do? So, uh, that being said, it's award season, man. I'm tired of award seasons because it seems like they're, uh, they're trying to. Um, I mean, is it just me? Does it doesn't seem like they're trying to force feed uh, people down your throats. And by that, I mean, listen, you ever see a commercial, anyone listening, whether it's you, Mike, or the people at home or at work or in your car, listen to me right now. What bugs me about awards is now every commercial for a movie and or a program will say a st- from from the from the Emmy winning writing team that brought you. Fill in the blank of the TV show. I'm like, were you the writing team? or you? Were you one of nine staff writers that wrote on that show? You know, um, start from from and now that they'll they will stack. Now they even they even going for people that don't win. Now they now they they <laughs> they've taken it to new levels. Now you'll hear starring 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 Academy Award winning actor Denzel Washington co starring. Os- two-time Oscar winner, Robert De Niro, featuring Academy Award-nominated actress, Queen Latifah. I'm like, whoa, 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 hold, 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 hold on. Easy. Easy there now. Okay, Denzel won. Yeah, okay. And uh, and De Niro won. Okay, that's true. Um, and Latifah is a talented actress, but she didn't win. so are we now just praising people for being nominated now, it's, it's actually come full circle. Where, for years, you would hear people say, "You know what? I'm just I'm just happy to be nominated." So now, now it's come to the point where we are praising people for being number two. What kind of society have we become, where you praise people for their failures? <laughs> And that's not to take away from anyone that's been, hey, you've been nominated for whatever award. I mean, an Emmy, an Oscar, a Tony, a Grammy. It's not the same. You don't hear it as much. But actually, you do. Actually, you do. I've seen people uh, post from two-time from 2, two Grammy-nominated artists. Like, well, but you, that means you weren't the best that year. Right, but 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 that's the thing. That's that's true. If you, like Mike just said, if you got ten and you didn't win, it bothers you. And so, if you're gonna if you're gonna do that, be consistent with everyone. You know, say from silver, gold, from silver medalist, but add to it, silver medalist, which means he didn't win the gold, but he came close. You know, do that with everyone. Be consistent, and people aren't. Because when I was coming up, if if you won, if you got most improved. Uh, basketball player, which I did, which is why I bring it up. Um, if you were the most improved, they didn't say. I knew, I knew my wife would come and make a face. Yes, I did win the uh, um, the most most improved basketball player at the uh, senior uh, banquet. I got the most improved basketball player and the Charles. I forgot the Charles H something award. And I actually got the biggest trophy. <laughs> Bro, because I had the most... They they, they recognized and realized I had the most heart. I put in the most... I would say... I was awful at basketball, man. I'm not even... I'm not even, uh, you know, going to hedge that. I, I stunk. I, or I, I was terrible offensively. I think I just would get too excited. I was always good at basketball when I, when I didn't think. But I got too in my head. Like, if the ball came to me in a split second... The all of these thoughts went went through my mind. Damn, I got the ball. I finally got the ball. I have the ball. What am I going to do with the ball? Will I, will I be able, should I dribble it? Am I close enough to the basket? Should I shoot it? Well, you're not really a great shooter, but you're a good shooter. I mean, you hit all those free throws um at practice yesterday, but you only took two free throws. So maybe I should. And this all happened in a split second. And so I got two in my head. And so that's why I couldn't. Yeah, like if if it came to lay, uh, even layups, like I would I, I would get layups, but for the most part, I would overthink it. As as I'm as I'm going through the air, about to just finger roll it, I'm like, should should I release now? Or should I let it roll a little bit more? Well, the ball is right there, just let it go. But now now it's too late. Damn it! Why did I bang it against the rim? You know, it, it was I get too in my head. You gotta my my free throws stunk. My free throws. Were awful because I I overthought it. Okay, I got to get my hand under the ball. Okay, my hand. Well, make sure you want to put your middle finger down the center of the ball. Make sure you roll it just right. Oh, you're releasing. Oh, make sure you flick your wrist a little bit more. Why are you not let go of the damn it? You went over the backboard, you know, and that's, I got two in my head. But defensively, defensively, I was good because I know, you know what? I, I patterned my game after Dennis Rodman. They called him the worm because a worm, a worm is not, a is not fly. A worm is not light on his feet. A worm is just, a, is a worm. You know what I mean? There's nothing graceful about a worm. He just is a worm. But so, I was always in people's faces. I, I had, I had a long wingspan. So I figured, you know what? I can I can get low. I used to plant low and spread my legs and put my arms wide. And so it was hard to scorn me. I was good defensively, but I stunk offensively. And I have no problems admitting that. But I did win the biggest award, the biggest trophy. (laughs) I remember as a matter of fact, there were only there were there were three black dudes. This is by my third high school. There were three black dudes on the basketball team. Me, Patrick, and Jerry. And every player got, like, just a, a trophy for playing. But then Patrick, Patrick, actually, he was really good. Patrick, I think, Patrick, if he wasn't older than everybody, he looked at. Patrick was one of those dudes that he looked like he was about 22 when he was in high school. And he might have he got kept back one, or two times. This is real. So he was always, always smiling. He was a nice dude, right? And but Patrick was nice. Like Patrick, people didn't like playing Patrick because I think he he, he was from Rochester and he moved out to the suburbs. And so when he came came to Batavia High School, um, we were like, "Yo, this dude is nice," because he, I mean, he could dunk effortlessly. He was just he was just a natural athlete. And so Patrick and I had of, out of maybe the, like six or seven. Big awards, Patrick and I got five of them. <laughs> I got two, and I think he got three like most most points, best score, you know. So we we got five of them. I always thought that was funny, man. But my point being that we, we shouldn't we shouldn't praise people for being number two or number three. If you're number two, you gotta work harder. And obviously, in the realm of entertainment, can you really Compare it's almost apples and oranges man you can't the same way I say you can't judge comedy you really can't judge um who was the best actor you know who was the the which was the best movie uh, that's uh, the 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 thing I appreciate about i think the billboard awards um is is that and billboards i think is is mainly for music but I think they also might. Do they do any film at all? Or is it just just music? Yeah, they they've now changed it over the years. But I know Billboard Billboard is about whoever sold the most. Period. What Jay Z say? Numbers, numbers. Men lie, wi- men lie, women lie. Numbers don't lie. That was that was in his response to uh, Jim Jones. Ballin'. <laughs> you balling? <laughs> you balling? <laughs> A couple 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 hundred thousand. That's balling. <laughs> Brooklyn. And so, uh, yeah, you can't you can't praise everybody. But with regards to uh, to TV and film, I just think it's 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 half it's bass backwards to give people dap um, just by saying, "Well, and this was Emmy nominated." That means you didn't win. If you're saying nominated, that means you didn't win. And if you didn't win, that means you came in number two. You know. Denzel Washington, he didn't win for uh, he didn't win an Oscar for for X. A lot of people think he should have. A lot of people were mad when Denzel didn't win for for X. He yeah, he was nominated for Best Actor. That was 1992, I believe, 92 or 93, because I think X came out in 92, so he would have been for the 93 or or came out in 91, came out and he was nominated the awards in 92, but I remember Barbara Walters interviewed him, and he said, listen, I want to win. I want to win the Oscar. Cause he, but he already had an Oscar for Glory. He had a Best Supporting Actor Oscar for Glory. But he did not win the Best Actor that year because Al Pacino was nominated for Sen of a Woman. And here's what's funny. Denzel even predicted it. He said, listen, um, listen, um, I want to win, but you know, I understand how these things work, and uh you know al al Pacino he's one of the guys that I looked up to, and I used to watch the way he used his hands and and so if if he wins, you know, I won't be disappointed i I don't know maybe maybe we can share it, you know, but he knew what it was, you know, whoopi Goldberg won for ghost. That, but but the 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 awards they have a tendency to do that that's that's the uh, that's the other problem with um awards shows is is it's it's also a popularity contest i mean um in the last 10 15 years i didn't know until recently that that there's there's there are oscar there are award campaigns you know and and they become more prevalent which is which is and they feed the machine which is why you now see you see advertisements that or commercials that say um from 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 the two time Tony Award writing duo of or from the oscar winning director of they do all that to stack the cards in their favor so I get it, and I think the average person the lay person understands that now that they're doing everything they can because it's the hype machine now to me saying. From the, the the two-time nominated is the same way of you know someone going on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram and saying shoot we um, we we, we turned up is a hype machine that's all it is 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 to make you say oh shoot they have they have three Oscar nominees in that movie what movie was that I just saw and that that was the advertisement yeah it was uh. Oh man, what's the name of this movie? It was Hugh Jack. It was from from, us, from Academy Award nominated act. Here's what's funny the only person that won an Oscar, there were five people in this movie. And yeah. What's it called, Deb? Okay, this movie, Prisoners, right? I remember seeing this commercial and saying, What kind of slap in the face is that? Because, well, nobody, the only person that won was mentioned last. Because um prisoners here, I'm this this is um from uh starring uh the, the commercial was starring Oscar nominated actor Hugh Jackman. Academy Award nominated actor Terrence Howard Oscar nominated uh what what's 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 the sister's name that's always crying? But from Oscar from from two-time Oscar-nominated actress that always likes having snot bubbles when she starts crying, Viola Davis. Because she does. Every movie... It's not a movie... Viola Davis is not crying unless you see that bubble come out of her nose. She did it in Doubt. Uh, And, geez, I I could... She did it in The Help. Why are you so evil? Why are you so evil? Ain't Ain't you tired? Viola Davis is the new Cicely Tyson. (laughs) (laughs) You know what, Mike? You don't even know the reference. Do you? Okay. Okay. Anyone that doesn't know who Cicely Tyson was the original um, black woman that cried and everything. And she was just old and weathered. For no reason whatsoever. They just had her old. Ain't you tired? Tired yet? Funny friend of mine Mark Theobald, has a the funniest joke about Cicely Tyson <laughs> he said C- <laughs> he says Cicely Tyson is 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 old she's never played young even yes yeah, so see but Cicely Tyson is one of them actors you like is she ain't there yet she's still alive and she's brilliant talented she's actually um she was just on Broadway i think she just was nominated <laughs> tony nominated actor what was it called Yes, yes. She was in uh, the Broadway show with Cuba Gooding Jr., A Trip to Bountiful. And it was a master class in acting. I ain't never seen it, but I, I remember the commercial said, and it was a master class in thespianism. You understand what I'm saying? A thespian, you know you like them thespians. Ain't nothing better than a good thespian, the way they use their mouth to produce. Check their words into your consciousness. Like I'm doing. So, um, so Viola, so who do we have? Oscar nominee. Oscar nominee, Hugh Jackman. Oscar nominee, Terrence Howe. Then they'll change it. Academy, two-time Academy Award nominee. Nominated actress, Viola Davis. Academy nominee, Maria Bello. And then, and then Academy Award winner, Melissa Leo. And I was like, wait, wait, but but she won. But because Melissa Leo is is a quote unquote character actress, she's not a marquee name because she doesn't play glamorous. You know, she doesn't play uh Melissa Leo. For those that don't know, Melissa Leo is like the poor man's uh Meryl Streep. Because any I was I watched this movie Prisoners. And didn't realize it until two thirds of the movie. I was like, "Wait, that's that's Melissa Lee." I had forgotten she was in the movie, and I was like, "Yo, that's 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 the old um, lady from The Fighter," and that which is what she won for. And she's been around for years. We, but we don't, we don't, we 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 don't give people enough credit. She should have honestly. I get it. Why her her name wasn't first in the marquee because. She's not going to sell tickets, and uh, the, it's an industry. It's about business, and so Hugh Jackman. Um, Hugh Jackman, women, everybody loves Hugh Jackman. He he's he's danced and sung on on Broadway, on Broadway. <laughs> and for some reason, you feel like see, when you think Broadway, you have to add that vibrato. <laughs> I just feel like Mario Cantone right now. Um, he's a funny dude, <laughs> Mario always Mario Cantone is the highest, the only person with higher energy than Mario Cantone. Maybe Artie Fuqua. If you go to the comedy cellar and Artie Fuqua is hosting, Artie, Artie, another good friend, funny dude. Artie is always in perpetual motion, you know, man. Yeah, hey, like, remember the little cartoon with the big dog and little dog? Hey, uh, Spike, Spike, you wanna, you wanna, I should go fetch us, fetch us a bone, Spike. Nah. Mike, Mike was a big dog But Artie Artie can't gain weight Because he's always In perpetual motion He's a slim dude Because he's always Yo Hey Yo Yo son Yo That's 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 my impression of Artie I hope you uh Hope you all appreciate My impression of Artie Fuqua Go check him out He's a funny dude Um Actually touring Uh With my man Tracy Morgan And Mark Theobald And I think Rick Young is touring with them Uh right now too Um yeah, I hate saying um, I noticed that I say um a lot In listening to the podcast, I say um a lot So I'm trying, I actually was very conscious If you notice for the last however long I've been talking I, I was curbing my ums I was speaking a little slower And, and controlling my ums Montaria Ivy, I'm gonna go back to Melissa Leon In a second, but Montaria Ivy, who I mentioned earlier he actually told me, "Comics don't have, pro- don't ever have a problem with constructive criticism." Actually, not even just comics. Whatever kind of artist, keep in mind that I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my ish. As Eric Badu, Erica said that years ago, and people are sensitive as artists because you, uh, you're putting yourself out there. But if if someone ever has constructive criticism for you, man, take it because it's it's, it's only gonna help you. Monteria said to me years ago. First, it started. He didn't say it to me. He did it subtly in joking form, which I appreciate because he didn't want to hurt my feelings, you know. And so he used to call me Dean. Everyone like we we used to go perform at his uh, club um, up in Harlem on Fifth Avenue, Monty's crib. It was in the National Black Theater, like Fifth uh, Fifth Avenue and One Twenty Fifth. And uh, he, when I'd walk in, he'd say Dean Edwards and whatnot, and because that was my term. Every joke I, I used to say ended it, you know, and whatnot and um and whatnot. Yeah, it was that, which is weird because I can't even, I I probably have to look at old tapes or listen to old tapes of myself now to hear it because I'm like, well, where did, where did and whatnot fit? I, I didn't notice it. I didn't, I didn't notice it or I, it was, it was my crutch. You know, everybody has their crutch. I remember my boy Rich, uh, Pierre-Louis, Pierre Louis, Rich Pierre Louis. That's my buddy. Rich Pierre Louis. <laughs> Rich, your name's like You're up. Rich Pierre Louis. Rich used to scratch his face for no reason. He would just, his finger, his nervous tick was, he, he, he'd he scratch his face under his eye on stage. I was like, what? And one day, I, I think I was watching the tape. I was like, what the hell is he doing? Why is he. Why is he scratching his... Because he wasn't scratching it. He was just... In between jokes, he was just... Mm, I'm, my fingers rubbing, rubbing, and rubbing. And finally, I said, dude... And I told him, I said, you, do you know that you do that? You gotta dig a... a dig a hole in your face, dog. And, and so he stopped. And so Monty, when he told me that, or when he said... After he did it a couple of times, I said, why? I said, why are you always calling me Dean and whatnot? He's like, no, you know, it's... You always... You you say and whatnot a lot on stage. It was like, anytime you watch performers, always watch performers. Always, I think I said that before. Always watch performers. You always got got a whoever it is, whether it's a, a singer or a musician or a live performer. Always watch and, and note the things that they do on stage and see what works and what doesn't work for them. So I appreciated him uh, saying that to me because I think I wound up taping. Deaf comedy jam. A couple months later, and I think I did say it on stage, um, but I didn't say it as much. You know, for your TV debut, the worst thing, the worst thing you could have is looking back like, "Damn, I said that and whatnot twenty times in six minutes." Um, and I'm not embarrassed about it. That was a lot of people don't like watching their their earlier uh, performances, like uh, Harris, that Harris stand that came and uh, did the podcast before Harris. We were we were talking about. Um, a, a bit of his uh, that he used to do because uh, by the time you hear this, hopefully he will have progressed. He's he's doing last comic standing this year. I think Wanda Sykes is hosting, it. and I think Harris. Um, I I could see Harris winning. I think he's a strong enough comic to do so. So we were going over some of his um material. He had some some of his jokes, and I said, you know what? Uh, what about what about the joke about you playing professional baseball and getting recruited by the Cubs to play? And he's like, ah, yeah, that's kind of old joke. I said, yeah, but it's still funny. I said, not only is it funny, but it's unique. And then he was like, yeah, yeah, you know what? Uh, Patrice used to like that joke. Because Harris, uh, not only does he uh, feature for me, but he was also uh, on the road with Patrice. Um, uh, God bless well, well, Patrice O'Neal, obviously. When Patrice um, would go on the road. And I said, yeah, he, he liked it Because A, it's funny But B, is you Nobody, nobody else has that unique perspective uh, And experience So definitely, um, you know, revisit it Or, you know, tweak it Because you're a more mature performer now Than you were when you first wrote it You know, five years or however, ten years ago Um, Damn, there goes another um Now I'm, I'm going to call out every time I say um Every time I say um, I'm going to go Hey ladies! <laughs> um, so, hey, lady! So, uh... Ah. Yeah, I'm not gonna say it every time. Yeah. Uh, uh, doesn't count? Uh, yeah, what what about... Eh, eh, what? Eh, 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 what are you gonna do? It's, it's, it's cool. It's better than and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, with, 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 uh, with Melissa Leo, I get... Hugh Jackman was Wolverine. I mean, enough said. He, he... He sings, he dances. He, he's a he's what they used to call. He's like he's like Tony Danza, but now he's a triple threat. Tony <laughs> Tony Danza, like you. Anytime you watch Who's the Boss, you're like, and here comes a soft shoe, and now he's gonna dance and show us. Hey, hey, Angela, watch this! Look, I can tap dance. I'm a, I'm gonna do a soft shoe, and now I'm gonna sing a song. Now I'm gonna sing a. <laughs> You'll never know with Rex. He'll never go from Rex to riches. Who's the boss? <laughs> ah, but that's because because back in the days you had to be you had to be a triple threat. You had to sing, dance, and act. Coming up in the old school, the golden era of Hollywood, kid, you had to have talent. You had to have skills. You had to have chutzpah. Is that how you say chutzpah? And I'm not even uh, Jewish, so um, so now I get Hugh Jackman getting top billing because you got to sell tickets, and obviously people will say, "Oh, well, I like I liked him as a mutant, so I of course I like him as a dad." Which is kind of twisted if you think about it, because you're like, "Well, no, that just because you played a mutant well doesn't mean I'm gonna believe you as a as a distraught father." But he actually did do a good job, and and turns out. Um, Terrence yes, you you played in, in Hustle and Flow and and uh I remember Terrence Howard in uh in Dead Presidents. That, that I actually he was in uh Mr. Holland's opus. A lot of people don't remember that. Terrence Howard's been around for a long time. He just sounds sounds so sensitive. <laughs> Terence Terrence Howard, he sounds so sensitive sometimes. Like Terrence, get some bass in your voice. All right, how's this? Is this better? A little more bass in, in my voice now. Because that's what I do. Terrence Howard, I like when Terrence Howard plays, but he gets to get loud. Because it's still a soft voice. But he gets to yell when he does it. <laughs> Shoot that trick, what? <laughs> From two time Oscar nominated actor Terrence Howard. Both in hustle and flow and playing a TV exec in Crash And you know what? Who was his boss? Tony Danza was his boss in Crash Well, you know, if you don't, you see how I just did that? See how the brilliance and, and the comedy muse That was just a callback See, I just called back from earlier That's what I did How long? Have I been yapping for a long time? I think I have I really have Oh, wow hey, We've been going a long time um. So to land this plane <laughs> to, to land this plane You know Award seasons Appreciate What I'm saying To the powers that be um, And why I'm telling uh, Or explaining this Is so that people Are not fooled We know what you're doing And we get it And we're not Falling for it If I see a, If I go see a movie I'm gonna see it Because I, I A it's either uh, It's either interesting Or Uh be because of who it's starring. So you don't have to, you don't have to remind me that <laughs> this person didn't win this award. If they wanted, now if they wanted, more power to you. You could have just said starring Hugh Jackman. Why don't you just say, starring who Hugh Jackman? You remember that in Wolverine Right, we know who Hugh Jackman is. Terence Howard, we know. Viola Davis, we know. Marissa Bella, we pretty much know. Melissa Leo, you say, and, I, you get, you say, and featuring. Because as I noticed, uh, Sam Jackson is good at that, or S- Samuel Jackson. Sam Jackson, when he's in movies and they stack the, uh, stack the title card, he has no problem with them saying, and, or, uh, and also starring Sam. And you actually, th- that all... That's a cool, to me, that's like saying, hey, it got all these other fools in it, but guess what? Guess who else is in it? You guys, Samuel L. Jackson is in it. And that, because that's like the exclamation point, you know? But, and I, if I'm not mistaken, they have to put, that's all contractual. They have to, you. they don't just, for, for those that don't know, they don't just put that. That's that's the, like all of that is agreed upon and put into your contract. You have you can't you don't just see someone's name like it was an afterthought. Like 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 Quentin Tarantino's like uh, who else um who else you know what I mean we okay we so we have Leo we have Leonardo Caprio is uh is in this movie and and he's brilliant playing a slave master um. And then of course my man, that's my nick. Oh, I can't say that because Spike Lee is mad. Shout out to Spike Lee. Um, we also have Jamie Foxx playing Django. So we have Jamie Foxx, uh, we have uh Kerry Washington. Um, should I say uh, I just said um, so should Dean say, because I'm actually in character, and Quentin Tarantino says uh a lot, but I will add one, hello lady. Um, so we have Kerry Washington and Gene Fox and and uh Christopher how do you say his name? He won the Oscar for for Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, that you know the guy who played the German, uh, 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 the 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 Nazi that was hunting Jewish people in my other movie, the, which actually was uh, Quentin Tarantino's. Was that his sixth or said Like, I love Quentin Tarantino's... <laughs> I love his ego because, not even his ego. Like, that's probably the the company saying, we should we should make sure this is an event. So we can't just say your next movie. We have to say Quentin Tarantino's sixth movie. I I just think that's some fly. That's how you know he's been around brothers. Because that's some fly. That's some fly-ish to do. You know what? That's that's Quentin Tarantino's way of grabbing his nuts for everybody. He's like saying, yeah, it is mine. And I've only put out six or seven of these. What? And they're all classics. What? Take that, Spike Lee. But Spike Lee does it too Because everything is called a Spike Lee joint Like, so Everybody is now Remember when people used to um, Hide in the background You know what I mean Like like Tyler Perry Tyler Perry makes sure you know This is a Tyler to- There's not. There's nothing Tyler Perry has ever put out That didn't say this is a Tyler Perry uh, production So Star starred Medina Medina uh, Just so y'all know uh, it's my, it's my, I ain't lying and I'm not mad at that. I'm not. I'm not mad at that because it's becoming. It's become. I, I can't stand this term. I share this in common with Oprah Winfrey. I remember when I heard her say it, and I was like, "That's how I feel." Because I hate the term "brand," because everyone ha- has a brand now. You know, brand management and shut up. <laughs> Social media. Everyone has a brand, and you know this. We got. Uh, we we got uh, n- or it's a movie. You ever heard that phrase? I can't. I hate that that phrase. Fr- There's certain hip hop uh terminology and slang that bugs me, and it's a movie is one of them. Yo, if you ain't using hip hop slang in 2014, and you ain't got a way to put your name at the end of the year, your life is over. Go commit suicide by jumping off a building and then falling through the ground and drowning. In a puddle Cause you're nothing That's our Our Funk Master Flex moment Brought to you by Nothing So yeah Everybody Everybody wants to be Famous Back in the days You didn't have to be famous Back in the days You didn't have to I didn't have to I didn't know uh, What Don Jameson Looked like Remember Like It, it was I remember uh, Beverly Hills Cop Was produced by uh, uh, Or was it Simpson and Bruckheimer Was it Jameson Bruckheimer but the, but no, there were two. But Jerry Bruckheimer used to have a have a production uh, partner that I'm gonna look up right now, um, because back in the days, everybody everybody laid in the cut, you know. Um, but as of the last fifteen twenty years, now everybody wants to be in in the forefront. Now everybody has to see who produced it. Now you go to the premieres. And I'm, like, once again, I'm not hating, because I understand uh, Don, it was Don Simpson. Okay, yeah. So, back in the day, Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer produced, uh, say again? They produced Flashdance, Cop, you know, they they had big hits on it, but you didn't know what they looked like. And you were fine with that, but but you also did know. Then they also do like uh, d- Top Gun. Yeah, I was gonna say Top Gun was the, really the one where you remembered their name. Um, but from that, you just knew their name, and you were fine with that. In, in the mid 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 nineties, mid to late nineties, actually early to mid nineties, I would say. I think I think, um, I think uh, the 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 Weinstein's really sort of were were brash, especially Harvey Weinstein. He was brash, and he was like, you know, I want people to know who the hell I am. He was a big imposing figure. And so he wound up... You saw, you knew his face, and you started hearing actors and, and directors referring to him. So from that, I think now we're, now everyone's face is out there because now it's sort of part... Especially with social media. I mean, I I, I almost guarantee... That if you go online, um, some of the people I just mentioned, Harvey Weinstein, uh, Jerry Bruckheimer, I bet you they have Twitter accounts. You know, because now in the the 21st century, people want a piece of you and people want to give you their opinion as if it matters. And your opinion does. But could you you imagine... (laughs) Could you imagine if Michelangelo had 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 Twitter and every time he he painted something, he had to, you know, deal with people's comments like YouTube clips under the <laughs> under the Mona Lisa. <laughs> you look at the Mona Lisa and, and you scroll down, you say that, that she don't even look that fine. Why you paint her? She ain't got no eyebrows. He's a he's just a hack. I could paint like that or my kid paints better than that. That's how people, wait, did I, or was it Picasso? No, it was, it was Michelangelo. Look, you know what's funny? I just, I slowed down because I was like, wait, or oh, was that Picasso? No, it was Michelangelo. I'm, uh, 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 or Da Vinci. No, that's Da Vinci. That's Da Vinci. I just, yeah, like after I said it, I was like, wait, no, that wasn't Michelangelo. That was, he was, uh, that was Da Vinci. Okay, so it. Rew- I'm rewinding Could you imagine if Da Vinci had to deal With people's comments under the picture of Mona Lisa? <laughs> you see what I just did? You see what I did right there? That was that was the callback I just rewound it and erased it from your memory But you do remember Alright, well look I feel like I've spoken enough I, uh my favorite movies, you you know what? Honestly, in twenty thirteen, we have not okay. Did you know what? Did you uh do you do you uh vote on on the? Yeah. You get the screeners, yeah. did, you know I didn't. Uh, can I just be honest? So why and I I paid my uh when I when I booked um when I booked Deadbeat, I was like okay I gotta pay my dues because that's what actors do. You you want you're like here I'll make sure I pay my dues before the academy screeners come out or the SAGS readers come out um and and so in october i think i whatever i owed i paid it and i thought i was squared away and then i started seeing other people were getting their screeners a couple like late late december i was like where, am I, uh, where are my uh where my screeners cuz that's honestly as an actor if nothing else you just feel Validated when you get your you get your screeners in the mail and and then for those that don't understand this um that aren't in in the realm of uh of the acting world what's wrong with your lives no for for those that don't know uh, as an actor if if you're um if you're caught up with your dues with sag after now not just sag sag after they wind up sending you the uh movies that have been nominated uh so that you can vote on on your favorite movies and your favorite actors and your of course your favorite wardrobe design. Hello lady. I just wardrobe just feels like it deserves uh jazz fingers. So excuse me. So I hadn't gotten my my screeners yet. And I was like, damn, and it turns out I I still owed them like 200 and some change. It was a holiday, so I didn't have. It. I was like, well, I guess I'll have to watch watch the uh Watch the movies that just came out on, uh, online. And, and don't act like I'm the only person in the industry that uses uh, some of these uh, these uh, foreign websites to watch movies that come out. And now, now, mind you, I still, I go to a lot. I go to movies. That's my thing. If I'm on the road, or even if I, I do, I have, I, I have I'm, I'm a comic. So I have comic hours. That means I, I I can go to the matinees during the day, even though the matinees in New York City are still more expensive than the the prime time movie in Kansas City or you know small town USA. So um, so I didn't get my screeners, but when you get your screeners, there's something cool about just saying to your friends, oh did you uh did you you didn't you didn't see the Wolf of Wall Street yet? Eh, got it. You you want to borrow it? Oh, you wanna you wanna see that uh, that that. That Meryl Streep, Julia Roberts boom. Yeah, but I don't feel like... I, I'm not paying for that. Hey, guess what? You don't have to pay because I got my screeners, baby. I got my screeners. You want me to slide? you my screener, don't you? I know you do. So you loan out your DVDs and you never get them back. But you make sure you you watch them first. And then they and then the, the when you watch them, they say not for resale. You know how many times I've gone into like a, a, a mom and pop record shop or a DVD spot and see the screeners? and watch them or you'll buy like a movie for three dollars and you're like hold up this says not for resale that we would all be in so much trouble if they put some sort of like tracking and and from what I they do that now with scripts they they will put your name like on if, if you're reading for something that is sort of on the hush hush they actually now will put your name um, in sort of a watermark across every page of the script so if your joint gets lost you in trouble so, my favorite movies of last year. I haven't seen The Wolf of Wall Street. What movie did I really like? I mean, I'd i actually need a list. Can you pull up a list of, of, of movies up for me, Mike? I got a uh, as much as I go to movies. What did I see last year? Well, Pacific Rim? No. <laughs> What's that? Oh, you know, all, all them... You know, black people were very prevalent in uh, in the movies... This year, well, more, you know what, more prevalent than, I won't even say that, uh, black people were in movies that are getting a lot of Oscar heat and award buzz, you know, we're in movies, but um, you just don't see them, (laughs) you know, unfortunately, uh, Bud from from the Cosby show He still acts Yeah, I don't realize this There are a lot of movies Movies are in production That you will never see or hear of You ever watch it, You ever turn If you want to see a movie That you've never seen Turn to the The sort of B-level premium cable channels Late at night You know And that's where you can say And you're watching And you're like, wait, hold up I didn't know Sylvester Stallone uh, did a movie with Wesley Snipes, you know, uh, last year. No, but I'm saying that's that's a you know, yeah. They did what Demolition Man years ago. It was a good movie, but but I'm saying like you'll see movies. You're like, wait, uh, uh, I just saw something De Niro did something last year, and I was like, I didn't, I never even heard of this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's you know, that's the thing. I didn't see Grudge. Did you see Grudge Match yet? Okay, I, and I'll stop it there because the facial expression you made—it uh, was a good story, but you, but you didn't—you weren't good story, but you weren't feeling. Okay, okay, the end bugs you. Okay, There so the end bugs Mike a wee bit, a wee bit. I will say. Um, so yeah, so you know what was you know what movie I actually enjoyed? I enjoyed, but it also me. It was one of those movies that is going to get to you on an emotional level. Uh, um, Gravity was Gravity was dope. Gravity was Gravity was awesome. So that's Gravity. I will. Uh, as an actor, it's hard to do what Sandra Bullock did in such a small space. It was she had to captivate the audience for a good amount of that movie without any without talking to anyone. So, and then George Clooney was good. And 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 uh uh considering that what's his name? Uh G- Garcia, what's the director's name? He directed E2 uh E2 Mama Bien or Mama E2, Garcelle I don't know. Huh? No, not Garcel Bouvet. That's Fanny from the JB Fox show. She's not a director. <laughs> no, but the director of uh he, he was. I think they did a great job, especially considering, um, you know, his history uh, coming from what he started with and what he's doing now. So I thought Gravity was was excellent. What else? Okay. Can I see your phone? Yeah. So I can. So let's see. Let's see. Mike's handed me his his iPhone or his Motorola? Motorola. Dude, okay. All right, I won't hold that against you. So let's see. Oh, uh, this is interesting. They have absolute locks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. what website is this? Oh, it's Oscar site. So absolute locks. They have Gravity, Sword, Twelve Years a Slave, Sword, American Hustle. Didn't see it. I've heard things good and bad. Actually, I was talking to Leah Bonema. Bonema, she's a comic. uh and she she actually got her screeners and so her and Dustin Shafer from uh Greenwich Village Comic Club he runs a club um they were telling me they weren't really feeling American so they 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 said uh they didn't believe Bradley Cooper in that role so I am looking forward to seeing that to uh add my two cents 12 Years a Slave I liked it or it was it was it was decent but I got a little uh, you know, and not even on some. I, I thought. I thought. I think Chiwetel Ejiofor did a great job. And, and can 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 we just say? Uh, can everyone just take a moment and reflect how smoothly and fluently I just said his name with no problems? I, I'm not reading that. I'm looking off into space. Chiwetel Ejiofor, because I, I think he he did a he did a movie. Ah, oh, dang. He did he did this movie where he what was the movie that that he was uh they was the body parts. Dirty Pretty Things. He have you ever seen that, Mike? Dirty Pretty Things, great movie. And he's been he's been a talented actor for a long time, man. It's, it's, a, it's always funny when when the Oscars or when the when the powers that be, I should say, decide to sort of uh say, you know what, now welcome to the table. Because that dude's been out there a long time, you know? And and it's you know what it's the it's the equivalent of of when um here let me move this just so it doesn't doesn't uh freeze up on it's okay it's the equivalent of when you're into into like an indie band or an indie musician or someone that's not getting a lot of heat and then suddenly they release their mainstream album and then everybody gets on board you like like a lot of people that were fans of Kendrick Lamar uh been fans from his mixtapes and don't like a uh, good kid mad city as much as they like his mixtapes, but that's that's also that's that's i guess the uh, the 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 plus and the minus of finding success because you find success, but there's a point where the people that were down with you from day one feel like you 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 went commercial and you lost sight like I remember Prince said years ago I saw in an interview. Where Prince, uh, he he said he. I think Chris Rock actually interviewed him, and he said, "I remember when I was when I when uh when we did Purple Rain. I remember touring, doing these tours in stadiums. I remember seeing some of those shows, and, and they were ridiculous. And uh Sheila E. You know would accompany him. You know, and the, the Revolution was just was was monstrous. They were a beast. Can I just say I'm tired of that term too. Yo, he's a beast." 'Cause it's overused. It's the equivalent of, of everything, everyone is not a beast. All right. Yo, did you see you see that 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 uh that picture put on, put up on Instagram? Yo, he's a beast. No, it it was it was just funny. It was just funny. Yo, you you see that that comic? Yo, she's she's a genius. No, I laughed, but is he a genius? It's overused. It's but that's that goes back to what I was saying about you know Everyone being in front of the camera now Everyone needs to be famous So if you say it enough Enough people will follow you And therefore enough people will retweet it And enough people therefore seem like they believe it You know, that's part of the machine That's part of the mechanism and the hype machine So With someone like uh, uh, Prince Prince was saying I remember um, I remember looking out into the audience And seeing a lot of people and saying "Geez." I'm is this too bad because I'm sure they're not going to be here for my next concert. Because uh, a lot of people that would de- that loved the commercial aspect and success and sound of Purple Rain didn't ride with him for Under the Cherry Moon or or or, um, or for his next couple of albums, you know. Um, that and that's you know, Raspberry Beret didn't have as many spins on the radio. <laughs> Even she walked in through the outdoor, outdoor. But here, back to these movies. I love it. that was a good song. Even though I, I still don't understand what it means. What is what is a raspberry beret, and why? So let's see. Gravity, great movie. Twelve Years a Slave. It was It was. it was good. They I get what they did. For me personally, I was like, Alright, well you know. Hey, you know what? Actually, as a, as a as a as a black man watching the movie, I remember saying to myself, hey dog, you you're talking kind of strong to the master. <laughs> you know, you know what comes with that, right? At one point he he uh he fought one of the uh one of the white guys. I was like, this dude is bugging. And I and so I wondered, I was like, okay, y'all embellishing if to me, if you want to see twelve years a slave, uh, where he gets to be a badass, go see Django, you know. Um, let's see, Nebraska. I haven't seen. I like Alexander Payne, but I haven't seen that. I heard Captain Phillips. I actually haven't seen as many movies as I've seen. I haven't seen a lot of the award movies. Captain Phillips, I heard, was good, especially at the end because everyone sort of stands up and like USA. You like that's you saw it. Oh, okay, see, yeah, nothing. You heard, you heard, you heard good things, Mike. Mike are good things. Uh, let's see. Good, good, good. Uh, good acting. Her, I, I always, uh, yeah. Her just came out. I always like Spike Jones. Spike Jones. Um, I remember Spike Jones when he directed for The Far Side and Beastie Boys. So that's why I, I, I root for a cat like Spike Jones just because I know he's not from that world. Actually looking at all the directors with the exception of David O Russell who directed American Hustle, Steve McQueen is sort of um new to the Academy process. I mean, he came from the the art world and ph- photography and uh and that's his name, Alfonso Cuarón, Cuarón. I think he did E2 to, damn, I can't say. Look look him up on IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> his his first movie, um, but I like you know what I like about looking at the uh, directors. It's 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 a nice mixture. They well they have they have the the token colorful guys, Alfonso Cuaron, Steve McQueen, um, and then you have the old favorites like Scorsese for The Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> That's funny battling it out for whatever slots we end up having left. Scorsese, Spike Jones is sort of on the outskirts. Uh the Cohen Brothers with inside Lewin Davis. Um, Dallas Buyers Club. You know what's funny? What I don't see in here? Oh, Lee Daniels, the butler. Um and and he, unlike he's he's not doing a Tyler Perry. He had to throw his name in the title because of legalities. You know what's what's not on here? What but it'll probably clean up at like the Independent Spirit Awards and the SAG Awards. Um uh, Fruitvale Station. I thought Fruitvale Station. I thought Fruitvale Station was was actually very, from a director's standpoint. What I, what I dug about the movie and anyone that doesn't know what the movie's about. I mean, it's it, it was it wasn't indie. It wasn't indie. Um, didn't make a gang money, but I think probably made more money. That, that I'm I'm sure they recouped. You know, um. Uh, but it, the the movie's about a, a young man it's a it's a true story based on based on a young brother that um wasn't perfect actually had a criminal past but was was working and trying to get his life right get his life together and he was killed by a police officer a BART police officer out there in in Oakland um and he wasn't doing anything wrong he was actually on the ground laid down face down on the ground when he got shot I think I did see the video and, and watching the movie It was disturbing I actually This was one of the few movies uh, I saw this year That That I had an emotional Connection with That when I la- I remember leaving the movie theater And I was like I was I was mad I was I wasn't mad at I I wasn't mad at white people You know It was It was good But here's what I also dug about it Uh the 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 cinematography was 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 great. Um and I there were, there were layers to it because being that we all knew how the movie how the story ended, uh what was sort of watching them movie, I'm getting goosebumps. You always tell I'm getting into it, I'm getting goosebumps. Watching the movie, uh they they actually used this this the subway as as a character because throughout the movie you, they just had like like uh shots like like their their cutaway shots. You would just see the train traveling along, and then you go to the next scene. And I I thought and why I remember watching, saying that's that was slick. I like I like how they did that because cause it was almost like this ominous snake looming in the background. So that that movie for me um did a lot, of, and they were getting a lot of um heat, but that also. I guess is the problem with releases is that depending on the time of year that you release, and that came out more, I'd say in the first two quarters of the year, uh, I'd say like spring, early summer. So people, people have forgotten about the movie by now, you know. Which is too bad because it, it was actually a good movie, Dallas Buyers Club. Uh, whereas Lee Daniels, The Butler, I'm comparing, I'm I'm comparing these two just because they're both black. And yes, I saw them. Because I will go support uh films that star black people because I gotta get in one of them you know you know that's why I going go front it's for purely selfish reasons I go to see a lot of movies like on in a grand scale I like I know somebody sitting listening saying oh so you saw all the black movies no, there were only four <laughs> there were four I saw a lot of mo- just mainstream movies but anytime if if a movie comes out and it's made by or produced by um, people of color, specifically Black people, I will go see it and support it. A, because I probably know someone in it, so I want to support my friends. But B, this might be a director that I feel I might have a better chance of getting in in one of his projects because I, evidently he does cast people of color, and I and I'm of color, and I got big head, uh, so. Right. Oh yeah. There's nothing worse than being the only brother that didn't go, that didn't see the uh, the best man holiday, and now, and now and now every time people say, "Oh, but remember one time?" Hey, 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 hey! I didn't see it yet. You ain't go see it on the first weekend, brother. You know, you know that we supposed to go see it the first weekend so that it can stay in the movie theaters. What's wrong with you? Sometimes I'll even pay for a black movie and then go see the No, nah, I'm just playing, <laughs> but but yeah. I, um. So comparing those two movies. I remember, and this shows how movies affect people, watching the butler, or pardon me, Lee Daniels, the butler, because I don't want him to get sued. I remember watching this movie, and there were, you know, it took place during um, both Jim Crow, it went it went through five or six different presidencies. It was about this butler that was uh, worked at the White House through numerous presidencies, and so you had Jim Crow, and you had the whole civil rights uh, movement, and they they were you know showing scenes where black people were getting uh, attacked by police dogs and and police obviously and there was a there was a there was an older white couple remember that there was an older uh white couple behind us and the old man started crying he started crying and then then i was like <laughs> I, in my mind, I was like, damn, he, he's really uh really emotionally. But I then I thought about it, I said, well, you know what, he probably lived through this and is probably disgusted and might have been you who knows what he could he he might have done something or or I'm playing playing the optimist. I'm I'm hoping that he was on the side of he remembered when this all occurred and he was disgusted by it then, saying, Why, why is this happening? But he could have also been on the flip side of it. Because you're a product of your environment, and he could have very easily been saying, "Damn, you know what? The, what I I I was like that back then, you know." But I just I I, I watch the the Butler Lee Daniels Lee Daniels is the Butler was good to me, but didn't affect me the way Fruitvale did because Fruitvale is more current. And when that happened, I I'm not I'm not as young as that kid was but i i'm of the same physical uh stature as michael b jordan you know and so the, who played who pay, played the character uh, he played it really well like dude dude was really really good it was a, and that once again i guarantee i bet you he's 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 invited into the academy now like that's and that's what happens like this is a dude that's been acting for years i remember him on the wire i think he was on soap operas um he he had a nice role um in Friday Night Lights, the uh TV series and The Parenthood. So he's been around for a while, but now he's starting to get he's starting to get those those looks. You know, and that's all it takes is the one film, baby. So listen, you know. I g I I'm I'm on deadbeat. There's, you know, go subscribe to Hulu and watch me play a Jamaican man named named Gucci Man. Gucci Man. Actually, that was his name, Gucci Man. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and that could be my big break, man. I, I'm tired of talking. Uh, as always, please make sure you uh you go to uh check out our web our podcast. Check out our podcast. Tell a friend about our podcast. Share it. Subscribe. Like. Comment. To the father Mucking protocol, man. Uh, follow me on Instagram and or Twitter at i am dean edwards at a at i a m d e a n e d w a r d s cuz that's who i am uh you know Vessie's not here but he's going to be back next week i have i have a good friend of mine i've been talking about big j and i how we we we've been trying to uh do our pro- our protocol our podcast for years so big j is going to be coming up soon not let say probably in the next month or so i uh, and, and probably have some other um guests. SNL just hired their first female in in years. Uh Shaheer, geez, what's her name? Uh she just she just got hired. By the time this this comes out, you'll have uh you'll have seen her. I feel sorry for the sister because she can't just go in and she has this all this attention. SNL, you know what? Let's talk about that next week. I'm not even gonna dive into this week but it's a hard enough job let alone now cuz everybody is going to have their opinion about oh, she she was okay but she didn't do i didn't like her michelle obama everybody has an opinion um but but uh you know congratulations to her uh i actually i'm thinking about uh interviewing uh two female comics um that I know, I know one of them audition. Abby audition. I don't think Duke audition. But I, I, uh, I gotta send them texts because I want, I, I want to not to even. I don't want to. I don't want to beat it into the ground as far as, far as people are always like, why are they like people got very political and it became a polarizing issue. But I, I I'm curious what they felt like as, as black female comics as comics that happen to be, be black females and suddenly there was all this attention did they see it as positive negative when you auditioned were you happy to audition were you kind of bitter that they're just now like because a lot of people have taken like they just hired her and i already have heard people say well why she got to take crumbs they just threw her. i'm like well they didn't just throw her anything she had to work hard to to get the gig You know, um, but congratulations, uh, Terri. I, I, she's uh, you know, I'm sure she's doing her thing and and dealing with the the the, the wonder and bedazzlement and amazement and confusion of working on the 17th floor at 30 Rock. It's it's a lot of pressure, man. But uh, you know, God bless her and and uh, yeah. So I'm Dean Edwards and we will catch you the next time on the father Muckin protocol vessi will be back baby you've been checking me out this is the father Muckin protocol man make sure you subscribe to the podcast make sure you uh like uh share follow me on instagram and twitter at i am dean edwards cuz that's who i am follow joseph vessi on on instagram he's on uh, or twitter and he's on Instagram now too, but mainly Joseph Bessie. Um, and we'll we'll catch y'all next time, man. Because I just I I got so excited and and I rambled just that much. So for that, I apologize. It's award season. What do you expect, baby? Yo, so we'll we'll catch you next week and we'll pick up where we left off. All right, peace.